In these uncertain and chaotic times, it's important to remember that God has a plan just for you. It's all connected to one powerful verse in the Bible. More on that today as we continue a special edition of Jewish Voice with Jonathan Burness. You may feel insignificant, but God says you are significant. And I have a plan and destiny for your life that's different from everyone else because you're unique. Your job is to fulfill that call. And if your attitude is I'm insignificant, you've got to stop the enemy lying to you because you are significant. So one is forgotten, feeling forgotten. Two is feeling insignificant. The third is feeling condemned. Feeling condemned. And I believe this ties back to the why God. You see, we don't forgive God. We're angry at God. And we can't forgive ourselves. Or we're angry at other people. We've grown bitter towards other people. And the consequence of that. And friends, this is why it's so important to forgive other people on a daily basis. It's not for them. It's for us. It's not just releasing them. More importantly, we're told to do this. We're commanded to forgive to free us. Because if we hold bitterness and anger and hostility towards God or an individual in our heart, it blocks us from walking in the promises and the joy and the freedom that God has for us. So it's about us. We can't forgive ourselves because we can't forgive others. And when you can't forgive yourself, you become ins feel insignificant, you feel unloved, you feel forgotten, you can't forgive yourself. And the idea is, God, you can't use me because you can't forgive me. How could God use me if I've let him down? How could God use me if I disobeyed him? Well, I have good news for you. If we confess our sins, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's about him. And it's about trusting him for forgiveness and cleansing. Yes, you sinned. So what? Confess it and go on with God. He's the deliverer. He's the solution. He's the answer. And so it's about trusting him. It's about forgiving him and those that we hold offense so we can forgive ourselves. So that those ideas of how could God use me if I'm doing all these things wrong or not doing the things I should be doing, the right things. Folks, that's condemnation. And there's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. There's a conviction that the Holy Spirit, if we're walking with him, will bring to bear in our lives when we disobey, when we're not listening. The conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's a still voice. It's a small voice. It's a peaceful voice. And we respond when we're walking with him, when our minds are being renewed by saying, Lord, forgive me, and we consecrate ourselves to him. That's conviction. That's a good thing. I share a story out, uh, uh, often when I, I talk about conviction, uh, about my first experience, really, with conviction. I had a habit of, of popping a can of macadamia nuts into, the, into my po the pocket of my army jacket when I used to go shopping in college. It was just a natural thing. I didn't even think about it. And my attitude was, they're making a profit on me. I'm just taking a small portion of that profit back. There's a way that seems right to man. 
I became a believer. I started to read the scriptures. And the first time that I went shopping as a new believer, I did that just automatically. And then I walked out of the store and felt conviction really for the first time in my life. Now, I had been brought up in a Jewish home. I, I, I knew the laws of God, thou shalt not steal. But I never connected that, that jar of macadamia nuts with stealing until now, until this moment when the Holy Spirit was now living inside of me, until this moment when the laws of God, as, it pro as Jeremiah prophesied, would come off of the tablets and be written on our hearts and minds, and now getting on my motorcycle with this can of macadamia nuts in my pocket felt terrible. I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit so powerfully, and I actually heard this voice in my mind, thou shalt not steal like Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt not steal. And I was so convicted that I turned around, went back into the store, and snuck the macadamia nuts back on the shelf. <laughs> now that was harder because this motion was comfortable for me. This was hard. So I was sweating and nervous as I'm putting them back on the shelf. I walked out of the store and I felt joy unspeakable and full of glory. I felt the joy of the Lord. I felt God's nod of approval. Good boy. I'm proud of you, son. That was a really healthy thing. That's conviction. Now, if I had walked out of that store and I had continued to feel this guilt, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I knew better. And for days, for weeks, for months, I just was tormented by this act. That's unhealthy. That's condemnation. That's guilt. That's not God. Conviction is good, but when we repent, it's done with. It's over. It's behind us. Some of you are walking in condemnation. You're walking in guilt, and it will keep you from the destiny that God has for your life. And I want to break it over, some off over you. Some of you are watching today and feeling condemnation and guilt. The enemy has robbed you. And I want to break that off of you right now. In the name of Yeshua, I command guilt and condemnation to leave. And I release the destiny of God into your life. I re release the forgiveness of God into your life. In the name of Yeshua. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. Walk in that freedom now from condemnation. Rabbi Jonathan Burnus will continue in a moment with more insights from his teaching on a hope and a future. Are you or someone you love struggling with their faith? Whether it's a terminal illness, the loss of a loved one, financial hardship, or divorce, all of us go through trials and tribulations. Why would a loving God allow me to go through this? Where is God? Why isn't He answering my prayers? Don't give up. There is hope. In his new book, A Hope and a Future, Jonathan Burnus answers these difficult questions and provides biblical answers, expounding on Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Jonathan examines the original Hebrew to answer questions like, what holds us back from entering into God's divine plan for our life? How do I break through barriers and enter into God's blessing and victory? What is the biblical definition of prosperity? 
And how do I walk in it? How can I find hope in the midst of tribulation and pain? How can I discover my destiny and fulfill God's plan for my life? We want to send you this valuable resource for your gift of $40 or more. We want to send you this hardbound special edition printing of A Hope and a Future. In addition, if you call or click now, we will also include the complete A Hope and a Future teaching on DVD. And if you will open your heart and give a gift of $100 or more, Jonathan will personally sign and endorse a book specially for you. We've begun the work, but there is so much more to do. The clock is ticking. Precious Jewish people are dying without the medical care and medicines they desperately need. Most importantly, they need to hear the good news that God loves them and sent His Son to die for them. Anything you can do today will save and transform lives. God wants to use you. God said He would bless those that bless the Jewish people. This is your opportunity to bless the Jewish people and in return, be blessed. So please, pick up the phone and call or log on to our website and your best gift right now. And now, more with Rabbi Jonathan Burness from his teaching on A Hope and a Future. Now here's the problem with insignificance, with feeling insignificant. Here's the problem with feeling condemned. Here's the problem with feeling forgotten. They're all feelings. They're all feelings. And folks, it's a wonderful thing to feel the presence of God. I love the manifest presence of God when I tangibly feel His presence. Sometimes I start to pray in the morning. I don't feel like praying, and it's just, I can't even seem to get work the more than hallelujah out. And it's just this, this wall. But this amazing thing happens as you begin to praise the Lord and thank Him in the natural. You have all of this opposition. You have the wind in your face, the current in your face, and you keep pressing on, and slowly you begin to feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit come on you. You begin to feel the manifest presence of the Lord. There's a word called that, that scholars call omnipresence in describing God. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. That's a reality. God's here now in our midst. God's everywhere all the time. But there's a difference between the omnipresence of God, the reality that God is everywhere all the time, and the manifest presence of God, where we encounter the living God where he becomes real and tangible. I love that feeling. I love when he just takes over in prayer and after I've broken through, the anointing of God is just lifting me up into the heavenlies. It's fantastic. That's a great thing to feel the presence of God, but we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. There's a big difference. And you can fall into the trap of going by feelings. I don't feel the presence of God. I don't feel the affirmation of God. I don't feel like God cares. I don't feel like God loves me. I don't feel like God's forgiven me. Folks, that's when we have to walk on the Word of God. I don't care if you feel forgiven. The reality of God's Word is that if you confess your sins, He does forgive you and cleanse you. The reality is that if you, even though you feel insignificant, God says, you are significant to me. You may not feel God's love, but God's saying to you, I do love you so much that I gave my son for you. 
So whatever you're feeling that's contrary to the Word of God, this is where you have to fight the fight of faith. The feelings are great, but we base our faith on the Word of God, and that settles it. And now let's dig into the, to the, to, to the Hebrew words that are used. So the Lord says here, I have a plan for you to prosper you. Let's start there. Prosper. Prosperity. Now, the Lord's prosperity is not necessarily our definition of prosperity. In other words, the world's definition of prosperity. The world, and particularly America, has a definition of prosperity. In fact, many in the church that believe in faith, and I believe in faith myself, have a wrong understanding of prosperity. Prosperity doesn't mean having the biggest car. It doesn't mean having the biggest house, the best lawn. Listen, we all live in Phoenix. We're never going to have the best lawn, okay? <laughs> Our lawn is always going to be rocks with a few bushes that are struggling to survive. You may live in a place where, you have a, where it's a beautiful lawn, but you'll never have the greenest grass. The grass will always be greener on the other side of the street. So the car will never be big enough. The house will never be big enough. That problem is tied to a materialistic view of prosperity. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be better. The American dream. But it never, if you, if you fall under a spirit of materialism, you'll never be satisfied. When God's promise to provide for all of our needs really becomes God providing for all of our greeds, we're never satisfied, right? It's just never going to be enough. Do I believe that God wants us to have good things? Absolutely. Do I believe that God wants to bless us materially? Absolutely. But we're warned again and again and again not to fall under the spirit of materialism because it's contrary to the Word of God. Money is not evil. Money is neutral. I like to have money in my pocket. I feel better when I have money in my pocket than when I have nothing in my pocket. God doesn't want us to live in poverty, but he doesn't want us to seek after riches. See, money's neutral, but the love of money is the root of all evil and everything that's tied to that. We can't get into that, allow ourselves to fall into that mentality, into that, into that demonic stronghold. And I know that sounds uh, strong, but it, but it is. It is a stronghold. Prosperity is not the world's standard of prosperity. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you. It's very dangerous to fall into that materialistic spirit and it's very dangerous to start comparing ourselves against other people because someone will always have nicer things than you. Ladies, the diamond may be beautiful on your ring but someone will come along that has a nicer diamond, bigger, better quality, better clarity, whatever, and if you start comparing yourself, your ring against that, you will, well, you won't be very happy and you're probably your spouse won't be very happy either <laughs> because it was given out of, out of love, right? It, th that game of comparisons is the trap of the enemy. And he wants you to compare yourself and see your lack of 
and then God, why are you allowing it? And, and that's, that's not what the Hebrew brings out in the word prosperity. The Hebrew says it all. Prosperity in the original text, if you look, is the word shalom. The word shalom. Everybody say shalom. Shalom. Say that at home. Shalom. shalom. We're all familiar with that word because we, we understand that shalom is the Hebrew word for hello and goodbye, right? It's become the all-purpose word in Hebrew. If you don't, if you greet someone in Israel, if you go on an Israel tour, just weren't, learn one word, shalom. Well, there's a few other words you have to learn also, uh, like uh, no thank you, uh, or I don't have any money to give you because uh, people will be hocking everything. But shalom is the all-purpose word in Hebrew. It means hello, it means goodbye. I like to say if you don't know whether you're coming or going, you just say shalom. <laughs> and it also means peace. The scripture that I always uh, point out at the end and confess at the end of every broadcast is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Psalm 122.6. That word is more than just peace. That word means welfare. That word shalom means wholeness. That word shalom means safety. The word shalom can be translated rest. The best definition that I found for the word shalom is to bring to completion, to bring to completion. But it's all those other things too. When God says, I have a plan for you to prosper you, he's saying, I have a plan for you for, to be whole, to be well, to be in health, to be complete. And there's so many beautiful exhortations. Let's look at a few in the scripture together. First of all, Colossians chapter two, verses 10 and 11, let's look at it, we'll put it on the screen, says, in him, who's he talking about? He's talking about Yeshua. He's saying, in him you've been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. Folks, this is a kingdom mindset. This is the biblical worldview that in him, when we're in Messiah, who's at the right hand of the Father, we are complete. We have everything we need in him. That beautiful scripture, whatever you ask according to his will, he hears, is based on being in him. Every desire is fulfilled when you pray because your desires have become his desires and his desires have become your desires because you are in him. And here's a biblical truth that we need to really get into our hearts and minds. Complete in him. And when you become complete in him, it doesn't matter, matter what kind of car you're driving. It doesn't matter how big your house is. In fact, I learned in Russia, it doesn't even matter if there's no hot water. Those things we're all so used to, we take for granted. Rabbi Jonathan Burness will continue in a moment with more insights from his teaching on a hope and a future. Jewish communities are in critical need. Your gift of support will save lives by providing urgently needed medical care and medicines to some of the most impoverished people on earth. Most importantly, they will hear the life-transforming message of God's love through Jesus, the Messiah. We've begun the work. 
but so much more needs to be done. Please help us while there is still time. Your gift today will save the lives of children who may otherwise die from disease or polluted water. Remember, God has promised to bless those who bless the Jewish people. This is your opportunity to be that blessing. Help us make a difference. As our thank you for your gift of $40 or more, we want to sow Jonathan Burness's new book, A Hope and a Future, into your life. This book will answer questions like, If God loves me, why has He allowed me to go through this terrible experience? What is prosperity and how can I walk in it? How can I find out my destiny and fulfill it? And if you call or click today, we'll also include the Hope and a Future teaching on DVD. If you open your heart and give a gift of $100 or more, Jonathan Burness will personally sign and endorse a hardcover copy specially for you. Of course, you'll also receive the Hope and a Future DVD. Help us save and transform lives. Please pick up the phone and call or log on to our website and give your best gift right now. And now, more with Rabbi Jonathan Burness from his teaching on A Hope and a Future. When you go to a place like Ethiopia or Zimbabwe or India, places that were working to help people in absolute poverty, you see the richness that people have in the midst of poverty. A contentness with a very simple thing, a water purifier. We turn on the water, we have our, our um, bottled water, and we don't, we don't even think anything about it. But in Ethiopia and Zimbabwe and India, they're drinking polluted water and just receiving a life straw so they can drink cleaner water that tastes better is, is such a joy for them. You see it on their face. They live in mud huts, and when it rains, there's leaks, and yet they're content. They sit on the side where there are no leaks, and they just, they're, they're thankful. We need to a restoration of gratitude to God for the simple things in life that he provides for us. And we need to be content. When you are complete in him, you can sit in a dungeon like Paul and say, rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. And folks, there is a, there is a wealth in the midst of poverty. It's a spiritual wealth. And there is a poverty in the, rit, in the midst of richness, material richness, a spiritual poverty. And I think we have to get back and, and contend for this reality in our hearts that we're complete in Him. That whatever station of life we're in, no matter what challenges we face, we experience the joy of the Lord, the contentment of the Lord, a thankful heart before God, rejoicing before Him, even though our neighbor has something better materially. We have wholeness. We have well-being. We have a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that the world can't understand, so that in the midst of the trials and tribulations of life, we can experience rest in Him. You see that? And God's saying to you in this promise, I have a plan for you, and it's to be complete in me, in my Son, in the provision of my Son, so that you're actually content and fulfilled in life. 
because it'll never be enough if it's rooted in materialism and the love of money. Do you get it? Here's another verse that, that uh, ties into this that I love. It's from James chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says this, Perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, lacking anything. Not lacking anything, rather. Not lacking anything. Now, here's the reality. When you compare yourself and is under spirit of materialism to your neighbor, you will be lacking everything, right? Again, it's never enough. But in him, as you come to a place of maturity in him, you lack nothing. Because you've come to a place where you are content in him and fulfilling his will and understanding that this life is transient. It's short. It will wither away, but we have the promise of eternal life. How do you experience abundant life? By being content in him, by being brought to a place of maturity in him, where all that matters is knowing him, is knowing him better. It's no longer I that lives, Paul says, but it's the Messiah that lives in me. I'm a new creation. The old is past and all things have become new because I am now complete in him. It's a new reality. It's a heavenly reality. Friends, we have to avoid falling into the trap of the world's standards. We really do. Uh, the prosperity according to the world, is more and more and more and never enough. When we compare ourselves with other people, we can feel like a failure or that God has abandoned us. He hasn't. He just wants you to be mature in him. Why do we go through the trials and tribulations of life? Because they're part of life. What do we get out of it? Growth in him to a place of maturity. What should we do when we experience the trials, the tribulations, the disappointments of life? We should press into him rather than run from him. We should embrace him. We don't thank him for those, for those challenges and trials and tribulations. We thank him in the midst of those trials and tribulations and he sees us through. Shalom. I want you to walk in shalom. My plan for you is to bring you shalom. Wellness, wholeness, completion in him. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Be sure to watch us tomorrow on Jewish Voice as Rabbi Jonathan Burness continues his teaching on a hope and a future. In a chaotic world, your future is safe because God has developed a plan just for you. Next time, more on the hope and comfort in one powerful Bible verse. Next time on Jewish Voice with Jonathan Burness. 
Join Jewish Voice Ministries as we tour the Holy Land and celebrate Israel 2017. It's time to honor the 50-year anniversaries of Jewish Voice and the liberation of Jerusalem. On this trip, you'll stay in five-star accommodations as we tour Mount Carmel, Nazareth, Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, Upper Room, and more. You'll see Jonathan Burnus commemorate the recapture of Jerusalem right where it happened. We'll also visit an Israeli military base and enjoy a Bedouin meal. You can renew your marriage vows on the Sea of Galilee and participate in an immersion ceremony at the Jordan River. As an added bonus, you can even visit Eilat, the Red Sea, and world-famous Petra. Act now before this once-in-a-lifetime event sells out. Call and speak with our events coordinator to learn more exciting details about Celebrate Israel 2017 or visit jvmi.org Israel.